the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Welcome to Firing Line Radio. My name is Rick Travis, the Director of Development for the California Rifle Pistol Association, filling for the amazing Phil Naiman, who is not here this Saturday because he's out on vacation, getting some much-needed rest so he can fight the good fight that he is always leading from his booth here at the radio station. Today, we're going to be talking about a couple of different issues that range from things going on locally to the national news and then bringing it back to your own hometown. But to start off with, we've been having some problems lately with the California DOJ, the Department of Justice. I know that probably sounds like you've got to be kidding me. Something's going wrong here in California with DOJ. And as myself and Kevin, who will be on the show in a few minutes, will tell you, we keep telling you that DOJ is overloaded. Too many responsibilities. They're at like a reduced staff because of COVID, like so many of the other government agencies, and things are piling up. In fact, the host for this show would tell you that, you know, good old Vince Torres down at Bullseye Sheen Sports that does so much to support the Second Amendment movement there in the Inland Empire and this particular radio show was a victim of this this past week himself. And so to help FFLs know what they should do, to help you people understand what is going on, I brought in Matt Cabero from Michelle & Associates, which is the law firm that the CRPA uses on landmark cases like the Rody v. Becerra and the Duncan v. Becerra going after the ammo and um, some other firearms-related issues. And Matt's going to be here to explain in detail. And then Kevin and I will ask him some questions to try to flesh that out a little bit more in this first segment. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Rick. Everyone, my name is Matt Cabrero, as Rick mentioned. Uh, to give you guys some backstory about what's been happening, very recently, the California legislature passed a law that requires all employees of a California licensed firearms dealer to possess what's called a certificate of eligibility, which is basically a certificate from the California Department of Justice that certifies that they are, in fact, eligible to own and possess firearms. And they have to renew this now uh, every year. And it's not just the employees, of course, it's also the people that are the managers, or if you, another way to think about that, the responsible persons uh, under the FFL that have to also possess the COE. The problem is, is that everything now is digital. And so as most of you have purchased a firearm at one point, you are familiar with what's called the DROS entry system, which is the system that California licensed firearms dealers use to process gross transactions here in California to run a background check on someone every time they purchase a firearm. 
The problem is, is that in order to access that system, the, the Dros Entry System, or DES as it's commonly referred to, uh, all of the managers of the FFL, or at least the managers that are in charge of the FFL, have to have the certificate of eligibility. And if for whatever, whatever reason that certificate lapses or they forget to renew it on time, they lose access to the DES system. And in addition to losing access to the DES system, all of the FFL's employees can no longer access DES as well. And so what this means for uh, pending transactions, let's say uh, you've, you went to go in and purchase a firearm and all of a sudden uh, DOJ has revoked access to DES, that FFL can no longer process your DROS that's currently pending. And of course, if that takes more than several weeks within the statutory window, under federal law for a background check, which is 30 days, uh, you're going to have to resubmit the DROS in order to go through that process again of actually purchasing a firearm. And so this is a problem that a lot of FFLs have been having lately because, as Rick mentioned, that the, the California Department of Justice is currently very, very, very slow right now in terms of processing these applications, not just because of COVID. Obviously, with COVID, everything is sort of up in the air at the moment. Uh, with DOJ being understaffed, a lot of their employees working from home, uh, having to deal with all of that, but also because of this new law where DOJ all of a sudden is now processing thousands upon thousands of additional COEs that previously weren't required because all of these employees of California businesses now have to uh, have to submit their uh, COEs every year in order to continually work as an employee for an FFL. Um, in addition to all of that, the, all of the COE renewal applications are now being processed through CFARS, the California Firearms Ammunition Reporting System, which is DOJ's online web portal system. And so to further exacerbate this issue, uh, what's happening is, is that people are trying to log into their accounts on CFARS and for whatever reason are having difficulty accessing their account they can't log in, and so they can't even submit the renewal application because they have to wait several weeks for DOJ to respond to a simple password reset request or some other stupid issue with them not being able to actually access the system to submit the renewal in the first place. And so what we've been running into and what DOJ has actually been telling people now is that when you are actually going through the process of renewing your licenses, especially your certificates of eligibility now, you should be doing so at least 90 days in advance of when the actual COE is set to expire just to avoid these types of issues. And what we've been advising FFLs uh, moving forward here to do is also to uh, record their uh, attempts at either submitting the COE renewal, accessing CFARs or anything else like that, because what we've actually had some success in doing is that um, if, if it can be shown to DOJ that you guys have actually been trying to do this in accordance with what DOJ systems have set up, and you've just, for whatever reason, been having difficulty doing so, uh, we have been successful in the past about using our back-channel communications with the California Department of Justice to try and expedite uh, certain people's renewals. For example, uh, a manager of an FFL because they're they've lost access and now they have you know 50 pending dross transactions for 50 individual customers and obviously if they don't get it renewed in time that uh, that will cause many many problems not just for them but also for their customers so moving forward make sure you guys are submitting your COE renewals 
here uh, well in advance of the renewal date, not just the week before or something like that, because you are going to run into problems if that's the case. Matt, I, I want to bring up that I know a lot of the um, FFLs are brick and mortar stores and some are ones that go to gun shows, but also wouldn't this not apply to ranges that um, sell firearms and, and ammunition that they also have personnel that have to get COEs and they probably should follow heed to the same advice? Yep, absolutely. It's no different because it's the same thing for California licensed ammunition vendors. If even if you're not, um, if you're not actually selling firearms, you're as as an ammunition vendor, you still use the same DROS system, and all of your employees have to have the same certificate of eligibility. And so, if you as a manager of an ammunition vendor lose access to that system, you are no longer going to be able to process ammunition transactions because it's the same DROS system as it is for firearms. So yes, absolutely, it's the same. Same concern there for ranges and other businesses that are only selling ammunition. And are there any others that would be applying within the, the general 2A public for COEs that they should also adhere to this? Or is it just limited to ammo vendors and people that work at gun stores? Well, as far as the general public is concerned, if, if it's you're possessing a COE as a member of the general public, it's probably because you have what's called a CNR license and you're trying to make use of some of the exceptions uh, to California law that allows you to, for example, uh, skip going through a dealer or other things for certain types of transactions. Uh, fortunately, in that situation, uh, you, of course, are not actually processing any other gross transactions for customers or anything like that. So there isn't that same sense of urgency. But yes, it's still going to be the same issue where if you're expecting your COE to renew uh, instantaneously, you're going to run into the same problem that everyone else is running into. So make sure that you guys, if you do have COEs that you're using for whatever reason, and you want to avoid any lapses uh, in that COE that you just submitted well in advance of when it's actually uh, set to expire. Thank you, Matt, for being on today and, and bringing all this up to date. This is so important, folks, that you pay attention to this. You know, these attorneys are the ones that argue these landmark cases, both here in the Ninth Circuit, all the way up to the Supreme Court, and yet they're still working on our day-to-day -day issues, like with California DOJ. And we're not going to deal with fear. We're going to deal with facts, and the facts are DOJ is, un is incapable right now of doing things in real time. They're falling farther and farther back. I wouldn't be shocked if all of a sudden this 90-day gets pushed out to 120 or even beyond that. So we have to keep updating each other. We have to realize what's going on. And we have to be on top of things because that backdoor challenge that you spoke of is not open to everybody and they can't overuse it or it won't work at all. So, look, let's just be proactive, get in there, get it done faster and realize that while we're going through this thing called COVID and everything else, our government agencies are about 20 percent of what they should be. And even when they're where they should be, they're still at half of where we want them to be. So as we go into the next segment, we're going to start talking about. What Kevin and I have been on the road for the past five to 10 years, um, depending on which one you're looking at, uh, telling you, telling you that you can't run from California. And now we have landmark proof of why you can't run from California. And ladies and gentlemen, it starts in Texas. We'll be back in just a moment. Fine Line Radio. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! 
Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. You know that every week we're going to talk about the Second Amendment, supporting, defending, encouraging people about the Second Amendment. And one of our longtime sponsors in that has been Vince Torres of Bullseye Sports, Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you haven't been down there yet, well, shame on you. You need to head on down there. He's on the corner of Brockton and Central in Riverside. Got a great store down there and just check it out. You need big guns, small guns, whatever you need. He's got it. And that's Bullseye Sports. Guns and Ammo in Riverside, 951-823-0211, bullseyesport.com. Check them out. If you already have your firearm, check them out for some training classes because we all need that. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. I'm your guest host, Rick Travis, Director of Development with the California Rifle Pistol Association. And with me for the next couple of segments is Kevin Small who runs all of our grassroots and field operations, extends it. Kevin and I go up and down the state, both as individuals and tag team some issues. And there's an issue that has been very near and dear to Kevin's and my heart, been very frustrating as we go on to the 2A community and talk to people about. And it kind of goes like this. I look at somebody like Kevin and go, hey, Kevin, stay here in California and fight the good fight with me. And Mm -hmm. Kevin, if you're the average person, what do you say back to me? I say these darn laws are forcing me to move elsewhere. Yep. And when he says that, and that's and he's being polite and cleaning up what we usually get from people. And then people tell us, oh, I'm going to move. And then insert names like Texas and Tennessee and Colorado and Alaska and Arizona. And Kevin and I would look at him and go, are you kidding me? Because you know that these Californian people that brought us these laws in California are going to migrate for the same reason you do. Cheaper property, more land, better air quality, more things. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to get involved in local government, and they're going to screw that up. And then we would go to big conferences throughout the United States, like you know, SHOT shows and different things like that. And we would also tell people, this is coming to a neighborhood you know, near you. As soon as the Democrats get the White House, they're going to take maniacal plans like gunmageddon and they're going to put it in a bill and they're going to run it up the flagpole so if you think you're escaping you're not and the majority of the time kevin and i got laughed at we got told we didn't know what we were talking about and we were a couple of idiots well welcome to house resolution 127 oh and by the way kevin can you tell me what state representative sheila jackson lee's from the good old state of Texas. And yeah, I, I think it's worth noting, Rick, that uh, New York and California have kind of been ground zero for a lot of legislative ideas uh, for the past several decades. I mean, this is no secret here. These things are tested, tried and true in deep blue states. And now that we have you know, a, a specific ideology within the White House, uh, we have this really terrible uh, piece of legislation pertaining to guns being pushed through. Um, having, I had to read this thing twice just because I couldn't believe how many people it actually excluded from their rights to keep and bear arms uh, just by itself. Um, you know, we, we claim to not be discriminatory with our legislation, but that couldn't be further from the truth here. And yeah, this is starting in Texas, the, the deep red, you know, Lone Star state where nobody would have ever expected something like this to come out of. And, you know, it strikes me, Kevin, because and we're going to get back probably in the next segment to talk about how it impacts different groups of the population. But focusing on the uh, what this actually does, you know, we were appalled when Sacramento or as, you know, the hostess show likes to call them, excremento, 
decided that what they were going to do was dogpile in and what we now remember as Genmageddon that happened back in 2016. But, you know, here we are five years later, and they're not trying to run six and seven bills all at once in 24 hours. Nope. They're playing like nine different bills into one bill and trying to run it all at once. And this is nothing more than the largest gun grab ever in American history being attempted on a nationwide basis. When you look at this covers everything from how they're going to get firearms away from you personally, it covers, hey, do you have a personal license to own a firearm? Are you willing to pay $800 for that license? Are you willing to go to 24 hours of training and renewals that they can decide how long the train is and how much it costs? And a whole host of other issues, as you know, Kevin. But then the fines, if you don't know, you made a mistake, you didn't get it done on time, are up to 25 years and 150 grand or something like that. But yet you take a, a, a illegal gun as a you know, member of the cartel, card-carrying member of the cartel, and do something, oh, and we're going to let you out in two weeks. But if you're a law-abiding citizen, no, we're taking your home and your firearms and your bank account, and we're going to lock you up to 25 years. Yeah, this, who would have who would have thought, you know, Californians have not had to pay attention for a long time to national firearms legislation, because we already had the worst legislation here. And who would have thought that they could actually one-up uh, California or even New York laws. I mean, this is this is pretty egregious. You are. You're talking about uh, reporting your firearms, not just reporting your firearms, but reporting where they are in your home. You, you want to talk about uh, firearms are supposed to be the great equalizer. And if you have a criminal who attempts to go into your home, you're now offering them an opportunity to just go on Google and look up where you keep your firearms? This is outrageous. Wait, you mean you're telling me you don't trust a government system to stay secure and that information not get out? It's not even about being secure <laughs> in this situation, Rick. They're telling us that the database is going to be made accessible to the general public. They're putting it out. They're putting it out there in our face. And, you know, I, I mean, how do we even get to this situation? You know, they're really using the fear of crime to springboard this piece of legislation right now. And it's, it's pretty awful. By the way, you know, crime on the national stage was steadily decreasing throughout Donald Trump's presidency and, and even Barack Obama's presidency, if you exclude a couple of spikes, which, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny because we say the only thing that we learn from history is that we don't learn from history. Uh, these things tend to be a little bit cyclical, right? They happen oh every four years, and and you can guess what happens every four years. But we we've had rioting in the streets. Now you have prior action by our elected officials setting this kind of legislation up. You know when we had the George Floyd riots happening, our now vice president was setting up a GoFundMe page to post bail for these rioters. Does that does that deter crime or that does that encourage it? you know, you be the judge. But because of the tension that's created, what what then did we also see? We saw law enforcement budgets slashed. Uh -huh. And and I mean, here's a note, okay? In New York, uh, uh, between January 1st and November 30th of last year, there were four, almost 4,000 people arrested on gun charges. Only 450 of them actually remained in jail. 
That's that's around 10 percent. And 300 of those people were then accused of another violent crime within the next 60 days. And of those repeat offenders, only 30 remained in jail. So we're, we're not seeing an increase in gun violence throughout the nation. You could probably attribute our gun violence in this nation to the amount of cities that you could count on your hands. But once again, what we're seeing here are policies uh, and, and sentiments implemented by our elected officials uh, with seemingly an intention to fail so that they, they can later come in and propose even more egregious legislation that people will later accept. I mean, this is the first step to indoctrination. We need to educate our youth. We need to educate our suburbs so that we get the people who propose this kind of legislation on the national stage as well as the local stage out of office. Because two generations from now, three generations from now, this is going to be the normal. We are going to see nothing but violence in our streets and proposed legislation to keep us, I'm holding the air quotes up here, safer. It's all about they want us to be safe. This is terrible, and we need to start the education now. And Kevin, I, you know, I want to break this down a little bit more in the next section. But you know, going back, when I said 25 years, that was a minimum on a couple of the things that if you screwed up. They're actually looking at, at locking us up to 40. And I think when you go back to that New York example, not just distilling it down, but even for a firearms with a violent crime, those 30 people weren't being held for a long period of time. Whereas for a law-abiding gun owner, if you don't play this entire game of this bill, if it were to pass and obviously be signed by Biden on his desk, it's 40 years because they're not going to go light. They're going to make an example because that's what the anti-two-way crowd wants. And I think all of our listeners need to realize this is your wake-up call. This is why you should be supporting organizations like the CRPA, NRA, and others on a national level because... This game is now national as well as local. We'll be right back on Firing Line Radio. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the Firing Line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Welcome back to this third segment of Firing Line Radio. My name is Rick Travis, Director of Development, filling in for your amazing fighter for the Second Amendment, all things constitutional, Phil Naiman. With me is Kevin Small, who runs all of our grassroots and field operations and is out there trying to help groups throughout the state become equipped and better serve the Second Amendment community. 
And Kevin, welcome again to the show. In this segment, we're talking about one of the most draconian attempts to take everything away from you. And we, we started to break it down, but literally, folks, they're trying to price people out. And I want to slow down for a moment because Kevin was very articulate on this. This is a subject matter we're both fired up about. But I want to point out two things. Number one, there is a system of government that just exited the White House who believed for the last four years that there should be equality when it comes to constitutional rights, that all of us should have equal access, who fought to keep gun stores open during all this COVID issues, ranges open, so that regardless of where you come from in America, you have the right to go and purchase, get trained, go to the range, and do what you need to do to protect your family. And I want to make it really clear, this isn't Kevin and I who are just pontificating like so many people do from inside of a room and, and go on. Kevin and I literally meet with everyday people, real people. And I'm going to give you one example. About a year ago, we met with a group of women who are in Los Angeles County in, in a community known as Compton. Um, they were all African-American, every single one of them. And they came to this training, and there was about 40 women in the room, and there was a universal thing that came out of them. Number one, didn't know I could. That was sad because they'd been lied to by the other party. Number two, they talked about how law enforcement, who was nice to them, said, we can't always get here in time because you live in a bad part of town. They can't afford to move out of that bad part of town because they're already working three jobs and raising two or three kids. And they wanted to be able to have a gun to protect themselves and defend their, their kids, which is their right. When you go to look at this bill, this bill is going to make that woman who already doesn't know how she's making ends meet to have to pay $800 to have the right to access the Second Amendment. Do I have to pay $800 before I speak on this show to have a right to access the First Amendment? Do I have to pay $800 for any of the amendments? No. But that's what this is about to do. It's about to make your constitutional rights only accessible if you pay for a license. Second part is it makes you have to go for training. I'm all for training, but I'm not for the government, depending on which party is in, deciding what that train looks like and how much it costs. And again, there's going to be a cost. Thirdly, they're slamming us just like we just talked in the first segment into a system that DOJ already can't do its job. So how is this going to be implemented? Who's going to do it? And at the end of the day, those women who want to exercise their constitutional right to defend themselves and their family, which has been their right for almost 250 years since the old government known as Great Britain tried to take our, our weapons away from us at Lexington and Concord. And we know how as British citizens we reacted 250 years ago. Now they're trying to do the same thing in this bill. And it's not just African women. It's anybody, male, female, regardless of gender, color of skin, walk in life, job. There are many places both in California and across this nation where people are on a shoestring, especially because of the damage of this virus. And this bill will remove their right to do anything. Kevin? Yeah, and I, I think the, uh, the, the more terrible part here is the continual conflation of rights and privileges. I mean, if you think about, you know, uh, getting a driver's license, you, you have to do training for that. You have to take a test from that. You have to get the license from the government. They are basically telling you that you have to do the same thing here. I need to pass a background check. Well, fine. We've done that in California for a while. 
but I need to pass a psych eval now. I have to do 24 hours of training and I have to purchase an insurance policy. Kev, I want to ask you a question. So could potentially, because I know you're a new father, could you potentially go buy your, your son a classic car, put it in the garage and put him as the owner, even though he can't drive yet? Could he not be the owner? Because he's yeah. a human. Yeah. Here's my point. He can't have a license till he's 16 and goes through training. Because now he's going to take that possession called a car out of the garage onto the streets. How is that any different from I'm allowed to own whatever rifle or pistol or shotgun within a certain limits in California. But it's when I want to take it out to go hunting, I need a license. Or when I want to carry it as a concealed weapon, I have to have a license. But just the ownership, the government doesn't get the right to know. I can have three cars that I don't take on the road. They can all sit in my garage. And people do that, like, oh, Jay Leno. <laughs> but, but now all of a sudden, they want to know where every tire part, every spark plug. And folks, this is just like Coca-Cola and, and Big Gulps. They're going to do the same thing to our industry if we don't stop them. Yeah, and I mean, you have to you have to wonder what the what the larger picture is here that they're playing at. Why do they want to know so much information? And I mean, back to your previous point, Rick. I think that people uh, there would probably be a lot of people that would even argue further. You don't necessarily need a license to go hunting. Um, I think that some of our game management plans, you know, might show some evidence as to why that would be important, especially for some conservation efforts. But the major difference here is that. Owning and driving a car is a privilege. It's not a right. We in this country from the get-go understood that being able to own a firearm is a God-given right. And this is, again, another step away from that, trying to put into people's mind that this is a privilege beset to you from the government. No, it is not. It is a right given to me by God. <laughs> there, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. So this is why you see so much resistance uh, from from longtime gun owners. And and I mean, let, let's even get into another thing. How many antique collections are out there? This bill would tell you that you have to do all the same requirements for firearms that are antiques that you would to purchase a home defense firearm today. Oh, and by the way, you wouldn't even be able to display them. Are we trying to make sure people are safe or are we trying to rid this nation of firearms? You know, the latter seems a little bit more obvious. Well, I think this is also, you know, anytime you have had a government want to catalog where the firearms are, what you have, where you keep them, how you insure them. Oh, wait, I'm just going to say it on this show. That would be in the early part of the last century when, you know, Lenin and Stalin did it. It would also be in the middle of the last century when people like, oh, I don't know, you know, Hitler wanted to do it. It would be towards the 60s and 70s and early 80s when people like Pol Pot and others in Southeast Asia wanted to do it. Wait, there's a direct corollary. Idi Amin wanted to do it in Africa. Whenever you get a government that wants to know where everything's at and lock it down, a dictator follows shortly thereafter. And and not to mention, you know, there are a couple of documented cases and there are probably countless more that aren't documented. You know, one of the reasons why America has not been invaded is because of its armed population. 
I mean, what, what, what are we not seeing here? Why do we keep going down this road? And by the way, I'm sure with every bill that's like this, the next thing that we're going to start seeing from our politicians is if you are not complying, you're going to pay a fine. There's not going to be jail time. You're just going to get fined. I, I, I think it's great. I, I saw uh, an interview with Jordan Peterson on the free speech debate where they were having this debate in Canada and a, a reporter looked at him and said, you're just going to get fined. And he looked right back at that reporter and he says, what if I don't pay the fine? Because at the end of the day, they are threatening you with a gun, coincidentally, wow. uh, in your face, threatening to put you in jail if you do not comply with their laws. I'm telling you, this happens every time they're going to come at you and say, well, you're just going to pay a fine. No, the answer is that you ultimately will be threatened with imprisonment if you do not comply with these archaic laws. And I think that's so important for people to start to realize. And then, you know, a lot of people are probably listening to this going, okay, you've convinced me. How do I fight back? Well, number one is, as your normal host, Phil, would say, you got to get out of the couch, off your seat and start getting involved, which we're gonna talk about in the next segment and how that, what that looks like and how you can do it, especially for those of you in the Inland Empire that listen to this show, we're gonna hook you up. And for those that are in the LA, Orange County area, Kevin's gonna to touch on that as I will. But it also means you gotta ante up. Look, if you join an organization like the California Rifle Pistol Association, we're finding stuff locally, we're finding stuff on the statewide and have been doing it for almost 150 years. And we fight things like this on the national level. And you can give to us here at crpa.org. You can join us for $35. And I'm going to talk to you about another way that you can do this. Um, if you just want to be on the litigation side of it, uh, I, will, I will bring up a group at the beginning of the next segment before I turn this over to Kevin and our other guest, Ron Lander. But I want you people to know that there are plenty of ways to engage. You just have to reach out to Kevin, myself, or anybody at the California Rifle Pistol Association, and we'll get you plugged in. But if this isn't enough to make you realize they want to be in your home and know everything you have, it's not going to stop with your firearms, then I don't know what will. Because the wolf is now not at the gate. It's at the front door, and it's got one paw already in your household. We'll be right back with Firing Line Radio. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. That is good. Welcome back for this final segment with the Firing Line Radio Show. Your host, Bill Naiman, is out on vacation. I'll be back with you hopefully next week. 
My name is Rick Travis. I'm the Director of Development. With me in this final segment is Kevin Small, who does all things in the field, meets with people up and down. I don't know when this guy sleeps. Phil always talks about he doesn't know when I sleep. I don't know when Kevin (laughs) sleeps. We're a couple of vampires working for the Second Amendment. And with him will be Ron Lander, who is running our Riverside County chapter. Um, And they're going to be talking about that. And the last part segment, we were talking about ways you can get involved. If you're one of those people that are like, hey, Rick, I just don't have time. I get it. Time is a commodity that is really hard. But you want to give, I'm going to give you a website you need to go to. And it's really simple. It's two, as in the number two, ALC, that's adamleemacharlie.org. That's the Second Amendment Law Center. You're going to read up on it. You're going to find some of the best attorneys on the Second Amendment have come together to shore up nationwide cases and make sure your rights everywhere across the country with things like the previous bill we talked about, H.R. 127, are taken care of. So go there, give there, and uh, we encourage that CRPA because they work directly with us on those lawsuits. And Kevin, this is a great time to tell people how locally they can get engaged through your programs. Yeah, definitely, Rick. And and, uh, once again, it's a pleasure, Ron, to have you. Ron Lander is our Riverside County Chapter Chairman. Uh, Folks, this is the stuff that uh, at least my dreams are made of. Here you got uh, local chapters. And if you're not familiar with the CRPA chapter program, these are groups of individuals just like you all over the state grouping together to figure out what they can do in this fight uh, for their Second Amendment rights. Uh, again, this is what my dreams are made out of because it it, it is how we effectively uh, get change. So, Ron, I'd kind of like to open up with that. What is the catalyst for you uh, how did you hear about the program? How did you become involved and what has it meant to you so far? Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Rick. Uh, basically, I've been a member for probably five years now of the CRPA, a great magazine. And uh, I followed the, the news and the emails. But a frustration I had up until the middle of last year was I would see the announcements of all the chapters meetings. And uh, there was never anything in the Inland Empire, San Bernardino, Riverside County. So I put a call into the office. Uh, beginning of the summer, summer and got a call back from Kevin. And he says, well, if you want a chapter, why don't you start one? And here we are. <laughs> it's the guy in the room who raises his hand who gets the duty. But no, no, uh, no regrets here. Uh, we've been doing great. Uh, started, Kevin and I uh, uh, got together, talked about uh, our plans and, and the strategy. And uh, we, we have a Zoom meetings right now every month at the fourth, fourth Wednesday of every month at 6 p.m. And uh, we get between 40 and 60, sometimes a few more people involved in the meeting. It's nice and comfortable. It's frustrating because we can't shake hands and tell war stories and all that. But a whole cross-section of people, uh, current and former law enforcement, retirees, people who are just uh, gun owners and, and uh, uh, hobbyists and shootists and stuff like that. And we have good subject. I work with Kevin and with uh, Chuck, Matt's boss. Uh, to uh, come up with a schedule uh, and a plan for to discuss legislation as often as possible. This year is uh, going to be record re- record breaking legislation coming out of Sacramento, and it's all leading left, and it uh, doesn't have anything good for guns. So we all need to work as a group, and it boils down to what uh, Rick said about uh, what was the catalyst. There's somebody who had the saying: "All politics starts at home," and uh, that's what we have to do. We have to do grassroots uh, communication. I work with Don Dix uh, on this channel on his uh, on his time to time uh, town halls. 
he's been great in supporting my group and uh, my people are supporting his his uh, organization and his town halls uh, sessions. And also he's been elected president of the uh, Riverside uh, Republican Association because he, he's just good at it. He's a good speaker, has good ideas, good context. We were going to have a, he was going to have Rick Grinnell on just toward just before the end of the campaign season. But then something blew up in uh, in Washington and he couldn't make it. Uh, as far as our schedule is concerned, uh, uh, tomorrow, a matter of fact, tomorrow we're doing yesterday. We had uh, two uh, book signings from Kevin Kiley, one of the uh, one of the people who are working real hard, assemblyman on the recall Newsom. We had two, one in Norco and one in uh, La Quinta. And today at five o'clock, we're having one at Fast OC in the on Batavia and Orange. So if anybody is in the neighborhood, please come by, get a book, get get a book. I think a nine dollar book or twelve dollar book, and get it signed by Kevin. Talk to him, shake his hand, and also sign. Get your neighbors to come along and sign a petition. I know they broke the record at one point five million, the, the necessity, but there's a lot of bad signatures in there and people who sign illegally. Uh, Wednesday night, we're going to have a, a California gun shooters uh, safety demonstration. Uh, Brian Long, one of our members, he's the 2020 shootists uh, for California. He's going to coordinate that. And uh, your own Phil is going to be on. Uh, he'll be on at 730 on Wednesday night to talk about, hopefully to talk about his vacation and talk about gun rights and maybe give us some good information on how we can hang on to our wealth as best as we can. And then next month on the 24th of March, we're going to have uh, Senator Melissa Melendez, she's going to come talk. And so much is going on in Sacramento when they said, what should we talk about? I said, let's wait about three weeks and we'll come down with a, a good uh, focus on our conversation. Yeah, surely something new is going to come up. And I, I think that what you're really expressing here and something that I get from a lot of people is, you know, where do I start? A lot of people look at this legislation, they look at the current laws and they they see it as happening to them. Uh, but folks, I, I want to tell you, you can get involved and, and you can be the change that you want to see. This chapter program is one of the best outlets to do it for Second Amendment legislation. There's a lot of uh, educational components in it as well. Uh, if you want to go on to crpa.org forward slash events, you will see uh, all of our chapter meetings. A lot of them are still happening electronically. And get involved with these chapters. Uh, participate. Uh, uh, you know, one one of the next goals that a chapter might uh, look for might be yours. And and as long as it's going towards, you know, helping the culture of the Second Amendment in California, uh, it's going to be good for the chapter. So, you know, Ron, you've, you've told us a couple of things that you got looking down the pike. I am curious, though, uh, what are the overarching themes of your uh, of your chapter meetings so far? I know that you're you're involved with a couple of events. Uh, how about the educational component? Uh, we're working with CRPA as far as uh, all the training that's going on. I'm glad that's get that's back in in motion, and uh, uh, and just intercommunications. We do a lot of. Um, I'm sure the other groups do too. A lot of intercommunication beyond our speakers. People have questions, so good questions coming from the audience for the for the experts that we have online, and just uh, to make it a good intercommunication. Well, that's good. So uh, uh, um, before we uh, before we tune out here, uh, go ahead and tell us uh, again uh, your next meeting coming up, uh, along with some of the stuff you got looking forward to. OK, Wednesday, this Wednesday, the 20, 24th, we're going to be uh, online on Zoom through CRPA. Somebody has to just 
get a hold of CRP and they'll get the access to the Zoom session or or whatever technology we're using at that point. And uh, then on Wednesday, uh, the 24th of March, we're going to have Melissa Melendez. I haven't set the second person up yet, but uh, looking forward to staying on top of the politics uh, so we get the word out. That's great. And folks, keep an eye out on the emails if you are a CRPA member. If you're not a CRPA member, tune in and subscribe to the emails. Uh, you won't just find your Riverside County chapter. We got a couple of Orange County chapters. Uh, we have an emerging San Diego chapter uh, along with others. So uh, be sure to tune into those. And, and I mean, honestly, as long as they're electronic, there's no reason why you can't tune into all of them. Uh, let's let's get the networks going and appeal to our legislature the way that we need to in order to, to enact this change. Kevin, I know this show is a lot of times passed around to people throughout the state. Do we have chapters like in the Central Valley, Northern California? We do. Uh, we, we got a couple dozen chapters and, and they range in all sorts of counties, uh, all, all the way up to Shasta County, um, all the way down here to San Diego. So uh, you'll be able to find all of them on that list. They are meeting regularly. Some are geared towards um, specific things like education, while uh, I, I can also shout out our Sacramento chapters who are uh, very especially geared towards um, advocating for legislation. So yeah, I think that's great because those chapters are doing amazing work up and down the state. They're a force multiplier, and it's ways for you to do more than just pay for a membership, but actually be a part of the system that is fighting not only for your rights, but for the rights of future generations. And that's what the show's host, Phil Naiman, is so near and dear to his heart. He has been doing this for years, folks. He's been a great ally, a great friend in this fight. And now we need you to get up off that couch, as he says, every week and join this fight. And now that they're coming after, this is the equivalent in legislation, I'll close with this, of what happened in April of 1775 when the British marched on Lexington Concord. This is your Lexington Concord, and we need you to be the Minutemen and women that you are and stand and fight with us. Thank you for being on Firing Line Radio. Shoot, Felipe, shoot! When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. AM 590, the answer.